Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the all-night spectacular fight between two of the world's most formidable pugilists. In one corner, we have the undefeated Muhammad Ali. In the other, I don't believe it. Ladies and gents, tonight our very own Ali will be putting up his dukes against a shrimp. Looks like you can never predict what you'll find in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I am Carlos. And today we're talking about a colorful creature. He's very colorful. Mm -hmm. Flamboyant, even. He says swear words. (laughs) He has colorful language. (laughs) Um, We're just going to go out and say it. It's the mantis shrimp. (laughs) We're talking about the sea locust. The prawn killers, the thumb splitters, the peeing shrimp. The, pe- the last one's the, not like the peeing shrimp. The the last one is not good for like a uh, fight night type intro. Thumb um, thumb splitters is good. Yeah, it is. Sea Pe- locust sounds. Yeah, yeah. It just looks like a. It just sounds annoying. Yeah. Um, the thumb splitter is because when you pick it up, it's not good for your hands. If you don't do it <laughs> properly. Not good, um, not good for anything that it touches. The uh, peeing is because when you pick it up, also, it squirts water. Um, oh, okay. People but think. it's not actual pee. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so this is probably – this might be my favorite animal. Like it, ever? Yeah. It's just so unbelievably cool. It is pretty ridiculous. It's a boxing champion. It is a boxing <laughs> champion. Talk about the one-inch punch. Talk about the one-inch punch. (laughs) (laughs) On videos, I was looking at uh, a comment said, one-punch mantis. I like the one-inch punch better because that's what Bruce Lee was known for, where you just kind of put his fingers up to something and then immediately punch it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, this is less than one inch, and, I mean, it's ridiculous how powerful these things are. But go ahead and tell us what the taxonomy is. Here's the tax. How do you... An ickle. A taxonomical? Taxonomical, yeah. Here's the taxonomical breakdown. <laughs> Animalia is the kingdom, as that is a given. Yeah. Uh, phylum Arthropoda. Uh, subphylum Crustacea. So it's a crustacean. That's what I'm naming my first daughter. <laughs> Crust- <laughs> this is Crustacea. Uh, class Malacostraca. I like the enunciation. Order Stomatopoda. Stomatopoda? St- I, I don't know. Stomatopoda with you? <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about... No, we won't. I'll skip Super Family because we're going to talk about a diff- different ones. Uh, family Oda... I'm going to do this. Do you want me to do it? Oda... I want to do it and then you can correct me if I do it okay. wrong. Odon to... Odontodactylidae. 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 Okay, there we go. And then the, the genus is Odontodactylidae. Yeah, Odontodactylus. Uh, and then type species, Cancer Scylaris. Scylaris? I'd say I'd say Scylaris. S-C-Y, like a scythe. So, sure. Scylaris. Um, so the binomial nomenclature is 
Odonodactylus solaris. Do you want to know when it was named? Sure. 1758. Ooh, good year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm this, not... this animal is a good year. <laughs> <laughs> like, that sounds around the time that Australia was colonized by the British. Um, well, they're in Australia. Are they really? They're around the world. Well, I mean, prawn killers. That sounds pretty Australian. Yeah. So they're in Australia, uh, the Philippines, uh, the Mediterranean, Hawaii, Japan. Florida. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they're just where <laughs> you can find mantis anywhere where reefs are, basically. <laughs> well, so are they, they're mostly in salt water. Can they live in fresh water? Uh. I did not see that. Did you? I saw that the the largest mantis shrimp ever caught was in Indian River in the Indian River in Florida. Hmm. So really? Okay. I want to talk. That about, might be a brackish river because they're also known to be extremely large in Hawaii. There's a bay that is notoriously dirty. So, uh, like dirty with sediment, like polluted. Oh, okay. But because of all the like grossness in there there's lots of different like nutrients and stuff to eat okay um so they become large uh wow so how large are the ones in hawaii large it didn't say <laughs> it just larger than your average lobster think about a big lobster it's probably like that size well i saw that the average mantis shrimp is about four inches long okay but on the, the the ones that you'll see in videos are are really big ones, mm-hmm. which can get up to about 15 inches long. And then the largest one that was caught in Indian River, Florida, was 18 inches long, a full foot and a half. That's longer than your forearm, maybe as long as your forearm, Gross. depending on how big your forearm is. So these types of animals, are, they're not really limited by their genetics based on what their size will be, just like the length of time they grow and their lifespan and they live a long time don't they yeah they do they live pretty much i think the same uh, they they can mate for 20 years they can do they can have like 30 to 40 mating cycles okay so i would imagine that that means they live something comparable to a human's human's lifespan well lobster they can live to be like 60 years old and but they have they're not necessarily biologically immortal they have to shed their their shells just like um, mantis shrimp do, um, and eventually the exertion required to shed this shell kills the arthropod. Hmm. But with you know, because they they just run out of energy to be able to do that. But these guys aren't lobsters necessarily; they're in the same phylum, Arthropoda. But then it kind of deviates off from there. They're definitely not shrimp, and they're definitely not praying mantis. Hmm. They just kind of look like praying mantis with their with their, their mandibles like, yeah. up like that. And then, I mean, I don't think they look like shrimp at all. I think they definitely look like a lobster. Mandibles? Isn't that like mouth parts? Oh, yeah. Sure. The, Forceps? Um, they're called, well, <laughs> they're called uh, thoracic appendages, which means appendages that come out of the thorax. Well, there you go. Um, Welcome to thoracic <laughs> appendages. Da, da, da. <laughs> the the uh, the air horn version of Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, you that sounds that? annoying. <laughs> it's funny. Um, do you have any other information about like what they what they look like in their behavior or anything? Because I really want to talk about two very specific things. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's one, a few more things we can talk about before we get to the nitty gritty, okay. the good part. I see you have made a diagram 
That is pretty accurate. Like, okay, we'll talk. Hold on. <laughs> I'll get we'll there. talk about what that diagram is of. All right. Uh, Don't end a sentence with the preposition. Okay, so they got pretty good memories for gross sea cockroaches. Oh, they are gross sea cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think they're gross. I think well, they're terrifying. I, as far as sea cockroaches go, they're pretty good looking, I'd say. <laughs> uh, they're colorful. They can remember specific neighbors. So, like, if there's another mantis shrimp nearby that they interact with a lot, they'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, that's Dave. Like, okay. That's not the, some, I Marty guess. Marty Mantis. Some similar am, am, aminals will be just like. Oh, I don't know what that. That's another one. That's it. Like a goldfish. I see like one a day. They're all different. <laughs> well, they're, aren't they pretty reclusive? They kind of like to live in just caves, right? Yeah, typically. But they also have been known to have long periods, long term. This is good for Valentine's Day, which it is close to now. Okay. But not, you know, necessarily when the you know, wait a year. <laughs> uh, they. Have long-term monogamous relationships. Always? Sometimes. Like penguins always have monogamous no, relationships. No, it's not a thing that they do. They're, okay. But they can. And if there can are no other... Coordinate activity, quote-unquote. And I take that to mean, for instance, they the female will take have an egg clutch, right? Mm-hmm. Squirt out a bunch. Right. Separate them into, like, equal piles... And then give one to the husband, <laughs> the the mate, to uh, <laughs> to uh, look after while she looks after. I so think, it's like a divide and conquer in terms of egg care I situation. Think in monogamous arthropodic relationships, husband and wife are appropriate terms. <laughs> um, but it's it's amazing that she knows how many are in each. I don't know that, that if she even. counts them out. I think she just like takes up. She eyeballs it. Yeah. Uh, foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> they also can exhibit ritualized fighting. Ritualized, so they which have, means like, they rules? set up tiny little like torches in a circle. Yeah, and then they, they have, have like stands. a fight club. <laughs> yeah, uh, and this that, that that works really well with this boxing metaphor. One of the one that of, we the, keep coming back to, and we'll talk like about a, why. There's a seahorse that sells peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what that means is um, you see that in males a lot. Competing for a mate. That's co- that's considered ritualistic fighting. Yeah. It's not just fighting for no reason. It's, it's... not fighting for like, uh, you're trying to take my food or you're trying to kill me. It's like, we're going to fight and whoever wins, you know, like. It's like, we must do this. Yeah. For honor. Yeah, for, for honor. And, and pass- women. And passing genetic code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, so, yeah, that's just a, a little about the psychology of the of the mantis shrimp. Which is no. remarkable for something like a, basically a lobster, but not yeah, really a lobster. Yeah. You don't really see that in in crabs or other arthropods. <laughs> no, but you will see these. Okay, which one do you want to talk about first? I want to talk about the claws. Okay, so you will see these boys uh, beating the crab out of some other arthropods. <laughs> it just <laughs> takes a crab, other things. punches the crab out of the crab Pretty shell. Pretty much. <laughs> And you can take it away with how they do that. Okay, because the reason why I wanted to choose this animal was because it's one of the, for its size, one of the deadliest animals ever without poison or uh, without venom. Mm -hmm. Um, So it has these two, what I said, thoracic appendages, um, which we'll just call arms. 
for the sake of not uh-huh. having to say thoracic appendages every time. So he has these, these two arms that are kind of held back by a like. Hold in, me in a, back. <laughs> I'm, let me at him. Let me at him. But hold me back. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> so it's held back by a spring. Um, a muscular spring? No, like a... Um, like an actual metal spring. <laughs> <laughs> like the season. It's, yeah, it's held back by the spring of 2014. <laughs> um, no, it's this saddle-shaped piece of cartilage that uh, is resilient, retains its shape. So it can bend that back and then release it and also use its legs as part of the momentum. So there are two uh, groups for these mantis shrimp because uh, they have mineralized sections on the tips of these which can be the shape of a spear or can, like, coat it like a club. So they basically kind of take a weapon with by, by mineralizing the tips of their, their arms. And, and it, is that dependent on species or can that happen? That just happens. That, oh, I mean, wow. that's, it's not uh, dependent on anything biologically or in, instinctually. It's like some just end up being spears. Um, or some just end up being clubs. That's really weird. Isn't it weird? Um, so you, the, the spear guys are called spearers. Sure. Which makes a, a lot of sense to me. Um, and then the club guys are called smashers. Sure. Which, the yeah, I mean. Smashing. Keep up with me. These are scientific terms I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, um, I, think I, can, I think I can manage. The spearers, like, you, they usually eat fish and squid that come by. So they're ambush predators. Um, because fish and squid are usually much faster than the shrimp. And um, even though the shrimp can shoot up from the, the sea floor pretty quickly, mm-hmm. they still need to wait for these pretty fast-moving uh, prey species to move by. And then the smashers are more opportunistic because their prey is like clams and mollusks and crabs and things like that, prey that doesn't move quite so quickly. And they can kind of just walk up and destroy. <laughs> so... The, the way that these claws work, well, here are some numbers, some staggering numbers that um, I'll try to make as relatable as possible. So here they are. The claws shoot, the arms, they shoot out at 23 meters per second from s- standing. Uh, and so that translates to 51 miles per hour. And while that seems like a lot, that's not th- the impressive part. <laughs> No, I feel like you can move your arm pretty fast too. I don't. I'm not sure if you can move it at 51 like, miles per what hour. What was that? What was that from here to here? That was pretty fast. That was pretty fast. <laughs> you almost created a uh, a cavitation bubble. What's that? Well, I'll talk about it in a second. Um, but the really impressive thing is the acceleration, mm-hmm. the the amount of time it takes to get to that 51 miles per hour. Uh, it is, accelerates at 102 thousand meters per second squared and to put that in reference in perspective gravity works on us at 9.8 meters per second squared so this is much more powerful than the acceleration of gravity that means every second so i mean obviously this takes three milliseconds uh the the whole uh the whole action of shooting out the arms takes three milliseconds. But let's if it were to take um, one second, it would have traveled 102,000 meters. If it were to take two seconds, 
than it would have traveled 204,000 meters. It accelerates another 102,000 meters every second. That's that's the way the acceleration works. So that's that's pretty fast. That's some heavy duty acceleration. Okay, uh, I've read that it's like the speed of a 22 caliber caliber bullet. The acceleration of a 22 caliber bullet. So what does that do to a person or creature? <laughs> Split your thumbs. <laughs> I was just about to say that. When We'll just go with the smashers because that's the most interesting one. The spears obviously just goes right through the fish that it's or a squid that it's trying to spear. But the smashers, so it'll, it'll make contact with the snail shell or the crab shell or the clam shell, whatever, um, with 1,500 newtons. Which, to put that into perspective, is the so a boxer, the the average boxer punch, like heavyweight, is mm-hmm. five thousand newtons. So this is obviously a lot less than a boxer can punch. So being hit by a mantis shrimp will hurt a lot less than being punched by a heavyweight boxer. But that's in it. Doesn't that have to do with pounds um, per square inch? Y- yeah. Right. And like mass. Right. And so I can't really do the proportion. Where it's like, oh man, if a, if a mantis if shrimp a boxer was, was small. If a boxer was smaller, if a mantis shrimp was six feet tall, then how how uh, powerful would it be? Because proportions don't work like that. Um, but if you did, it would be six thousand uh, newtons. If it were as the size, if if we were lived in a vacuum and proportion worked, then it would be able to punch with six thousand newtons, which is more powerful than the average heavyweight boxer. But so, like, if you could take that heavyweight boxer and you know, compact the 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 mass into something the size of a uh, mantis shrimp's club. Mm-hmm. It would probably be pretty good at breaking shells. Probably, but if he punched a crab right now, it'd probably just hurt. Uh, depending pro- on the size, he could probably break the crab. Maybe as a like as a full grown heavyweight boxer punching a crab on a table. Yeah, he'd break the shell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, don't know. He'd hurt I don't his think hand. It's a given, though. I think it is. Depending on the crab. That's 5,000 newtons hitting a crab. <laughs> <laughs> Crabs are pretty thick. Sure. With two C's. Or, do, you see, do you mean that they're stupid? <laughs> no, I mean that they're like, never I know, mind. I get it. <laughs> um, so this acceleration is the, is the main interesting part because it – so when you move your hand through the water, you're not moving it very fast. And that, that gives the – water behind your hand time to fill the space mm-hmm. from the water that you're pushing away. However, when a mantis shrimp pushes out its arms, it's happening so fast and in, in such short a time that the water does not have time to come and fill that, that space. And so it creates something called a cavitation bubble, which is, get ready for this, <laughs> So, cavitation bubble forms, and it doesn't. It's not just a vacuum inside. There's gas inside there, and it's usually a noble gas like argon or xenon, um, and a water vapor. And the speed of the the kinetic energy that's that's produced by this makes it heat up to ten thousand Kelvin, what? which is seventeen thousand five hundred and forty degrees Fahrenheit. What in less in in, the, in a fraction? I did not see this. In a fraction of the three milliseconds it takes for this whole a, like action to take place, um, which if you know about how what happens to gas when it's 
heated up and, and there's a lot of pressure, it ionizes, meaning the particle, the, the atoms start losing uh, electrons and well, they start losing energy in the form of electromagnetic radiation, which is photons. And um, so when you, like the northern lights, for example, that's ionized radiation in the upper atmosphere. OK, um, so you can see it. It's light. And that's what happens inside of this cavitation. It gives off light. It gives off light in a process called sonoluminescence, which is light produced by kinetic energy, which is crazy. <laughs> so this is like um, uh, he's like a some sort of like airbender slash. Sure. He's a superhero, basically. Yeah, he is a superhero. <laughs> um, and but the, the light you probably uh, human eyes can't detect it mostly because it takes it's only there for one millisecond. And your eyes can't register that. And also it's really faint. Or it could be on a different wavelength that isn't outside of the visible light spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super hot. It lights up. And then this this bubble collapses. And when it collapses, all that gas, that ionized gas that's inside, expands outward in a shock wave that is almost as powerful as the actual contact of the arms with the thing. So th- there have been instances where... The mantis shrimp misses with its arms, and then the prey is killed by the shockwave. A lot of times it's stunned, but sometimes it's killed. That is, so, at the like you're gonna experience the shockwave no matter what, and if you get hit by the the arms, you're you're gonna be doubly hit by the shockwave. So it's really like it's not just a one punch mantis; it's also a two punch yeah, man. It's the one two punch. <laughs> the old one two. Um, and so. I, the the burst of light could be caused by just the heat because heat produces light, um, intense heat does. Um, something called Bremsstrahlung radiation, or just the fact just particles colliding into each other um, make them lose energy, and so they they send off a photon, um, or the ionization of the fluid, which is called corona discharge. Very interesting stuff. <laughs> um, so that's. That's the uh, that's the nature of these claws. Also, the the G's experienced are ten thousand four hundred G's. So, which is ten thousand four hundred times the force of gravity. That'll give you a brownout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blackout, then gray out, then blackout, and then then brownout. <laughs> um. So the second thing that I wanted to talk about are their eyes, which are unlike anything else in the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, they can, they, as humans, we have three different photo re- photoreceptors. So we can, or color photoreceptors. We can see uh, green, red, and blue. The mantis shrimp has 16. 16? Oh, no, it has nine, nine. Sorry, it has nine photoreceptors, but it has six, it can see 16 different colors where we can see red, orange, yellow, green, indigo, violet. So we can see six, and they can see 16. And we see different shades. So well, we see the peach is just like a different it's hue. A, it's a mix between the two. Yeah. But b- between two colors. Okay. Or there's, uh, yeah, shades of white or, or black. Or so they've got 16 of those and different hues. Also, it's, it's probably good to mention that these guys are literally like multicolored, rainbow colored. Yeah, and they're also fluorescent. Just like a glow-in-the-dark sticker, they absorb light, and then when there is no light, they give they they glow. 
Okay. <laughs> so that's just on their shells, though. And they use that. Um, they can change the fluorescence, the colors of the fluorescence to, to communicate or to blend in or something like that. Mm. I don't. Although blending in, I don't think works very well when you're glowing at night. So they can see all these different colors. They can also see ultraviolet and infrared. May, so they might they're, they're like the predator. Yeah, they might be able to see infrared. They're not 100% sure, but they are 100% sure they can see ultraviolet light. So not just a visible light spectrum, not just colors we can't even imagine, but also ultraviolet and infrared on both ends. Infrared is extremely low frequency and ultraviolet is extremely high frequency. Um, and a study from the University of Queensland, which is in Australia. Australia, yeah. Um, Australia. Yeah. <laughs> it shows that bronchulars um that they can see polarized light and that allows them to de- like if we could see polarized light we could tell the difference between cancer and non-cancerous sections of tissue just by looking at just it. by looking at it because it reflects light differently and so this kind of circular pattern of polarized light which instead of radiating out in all uh in all directions, like light usually does, only goes in one direction, they can detect, which we can't without specialized glasses. And it allows them to like see through polarized the lenses? Yeah. I have I, I wear polarized sunglasses. But I, they're good for when you go fishing because right. you can see through the water better. Right. And, it, and the and more of the light that reflects from the sun off of the, the surface of the water um, doesn't go into your your glasses. It, it's It's... It only focuses on the polarized light coming from the uh, the sun, so you can see into the the water better. That is a really general way to explain polarized light that I'm sure is much better explained on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, so they also have depth perception because they have trinocular vision. Right. Um, okay. So the, the, let's talk about your little diagram. My here. little diagram is of their eyeball. Uh huh. Um, so they have these two huge eyes. Like you see a lobster's eyes they They just look like lights, like tiny lights on the ends of stalks. Like, uh, when you're in an airport, those on the, the tarmac, yeah. you see those little blue lights that line yeah. the, the ground. That's what a lobster's, uh, eyes look like. But for a mantis shrimp, it's a huge bulb sitting on top of these stalks. And, um, it's divided into three regions. Um, so and it has so it has the top region and bottom region, but it also has this mid band in the middle. And uh, without going into the the complexity of eyes, which is is a rabbit hole, there's so <laughs> much that goes into this. Um, it allows it to make three separate images, where we make two separate images, one with each eye. We mm-hmm. have bin- binocular vision. Each one of the mantis shrimp's eyes are trinocular. So it has a total of, it can make a total of six images. And they move independently. Yeah, they move independently and they can look in opposite directions. So they can make, they they can have a total of six images going back to their brain where we can only have a total of two. Um, I don't even understand how you begin to process that. What is that? <laughs> like seeing, it's like seeing different colors, the color, new colors. Like what is a new color? <laughs> I don't know. Um so that allows it obviously to have incredible depth perception, which mm-hmm. means that it misses a whole lot less than it, it hits when it when it's shooting out its its claws. So it basically has the eyes 
of a scene. You mean it hits more than it misses? It misses. Did I say that? Yeah. I I think you said. I I think I said said it misses less than it hits. Right. Which is not true. No, that is true. Because it it hits more. more than it misses. Which is the same thing. Less than. I thought you said misses more than. Right. It usually hits. Yeah. And if it doesn't hit, then it'll kill you with the shockwave. <laughs> it'll kill you with the superheated, ionized shockwave that's almost as hot as the surface of the sun. Science magic. It's plasma. <laughs> I, that When, when that gas is heated up to 10,000 degrees Kelvin, that's basically plasma. That's what they shoot in, in sci-fi movies. Yeah. <laughs> He's way ahead of us, this mantis shrimp. Um, and so, yeah, it's... It's comparable. Their eyesight is comparable to that of a satellite. The, the way a satellite takes in and processes it, processes information on infrared, ultraviolet, uh, X-ray, all that kind of stuff. Although it can't see X-rays, but it takes in all that information at the same time and downloads it to the brain of the satellite. The same thing with the mantis shrimp. We see colors by comparing our three photoreceptors. Um, so we say. We'll take like green and red and decide between those two if it's more green or more red, and then take those and compare it to blue, and just so that we can determine if something is yellow. So, so when I'm looking at something blue, it's like my eyeballs like, nah, not yellow at all, bro. Not 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 yellow. Well, when you're not green, not when, red. When you see something yellow, your like between... your 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 brain is saying, well, it's not blue, it's not green, and it's not red, and. To the degree that it's not those three colors, it decides um, it's yellow. Here's see yellow. <laughs> Where the the mantis shrimp says, I have a yellow receptor. So here, it's directly yellow. If it does. I mean, I'm sure it has a yellow receptor. <laughs> what kind of person doesn't have a yellow receptor? The scum of the earth, that's what. Us. <laughs> Us. Uh, um, so I think that pretty much covers it. By the way, they're called sea locusts by the Assyrians. Yeah, the ancient Assyrians. Or new ones. Are Are they coming out with new Assyrians? (laughs) There is no Assyria anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's like new Babylons. Uh New new Babylonians are Iraqis, and new Assyrians are Syrians? Mm. I guess. Maybe Iranians. Anyway, I think that pretty much covers the... uh, the mantis shrimp in all of its glory. And it, color. And power. You know, sometimes I feel like certain animals just get a little bit more time on the like the drawing board. It's like, <laughs> we're going to put more stuff into this one. Like the platypus or something. Yeah, the platypus. It's like, you know what this thing needs? Venom. <laughs> <laughs> Venom and, you know, a duck bill for no reason. Maybe we should do the platypus, despite how, like, obvious it is that we should do the the platypus. It's, uh, the, I mean, like, that's cliche, but it's still really cool, so I mean, we should do it anyway. We talk about animals that are, that have really fascinating characteristics that you might not know about, but the average person knows about how crazy platypus are, platypuses are, but not platypi. Platter pie. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> It's like little pies that you pass out on, on a platter. platter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that'll be a topic for another time. So, until next time, this has been Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Mm-hmm. And now it's over. <laughs>